Welcome to the Connect Community Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. We're so glad to have you with us today. If you're ever in our area, come see us in person. We hope today's message inspires you and helps you live better. Today's part three of the series. We've been in this series, and uh, I think it's been a, a great eye-opening series for all of us. And the title of the message today, if you're taking notes, is True Belonging. It's also on the app with the filling in the blanks for you. What would you say is the most viral, vital characteristic, or maybe one of the most vital characteristics of belonging? I don't know if you've given it some thought, but we all desire to belong. We all want to belong. But what is the thing that you look for when you are looking to belong? The thing behind belonging when you're seeking to belong. See, there's a common thread that we all look for when you are beginning and connecting to something new. When you're starting a friendship, for example, you look for this thing. When you are going on a date, first date with somebody, you look for this thing. When you are picking a career, you look for this. Can you guess what it is? It's longevity. Longevity. We want to know if it's going to last. We're going, we want to know if it, if it is worth our time, our efforts. See, when you meet someone, there is a dance that happens, isn't there? There's a little dance that happens, a dance of words, ideas, experiences, sense of humor, right? Exchanges. And if most of those land, if most of those, not all the jokes are going to land, but if most of them land, then you know you have a common sense of humor. It's a good sign that the friendship will last. Same thing on a date. You ladies, when you're, when you're getting ready for the date, you, you get your hair ready, you get your makeup done, you get dressed nice, and, and you put on an outfit. You guys, you get your shoes shined, right? You get your bow ties fluffy, and you, <laughs> you put on a timepiece, right? And you get ready for that date. You can look nice. You can smell good. And, and it's nice to, to be presentable. But at the end of the day, there's one question that you want to answer. Is this going to last? Is it worth going on a second date? Is this something that deserves more of my time? Does this relationship have legs? The same thing happens when you're picking a career. You don't pick a career for the next six months. That's not career, right? You don't go to college to get a major, pay all that money to say, I just want to work on this for a year. No, you, you don't spend all of that money for something that won't last. Actually, uh, technically, there was research that was done that out of college graduates, only 27% of the college graduates are working on something that's related to their major. Have you heard about that? But they didn't plan for it. The other 73% are still hoping to connect to something that they studied for, right? That wasn't the intention. You don't start out 
thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set my sails to something that's not going to last. We look for longevity. We want constancy. We want lasting experiences. And when it comes to good things, when it comes to things we value, we know longevity is better. We want longevity. We want it to last. That's why when there is an unfortunate event where a person in their 20s suffers a fatal heart attack, we call it a tragedy. But if the same unfortunate event happens to somebody who is in their 90s or has crossed 100 years old, we say they've lived a full life. Same event. But because one experienced longevity, we understand it better. See, both losses are painful. Both are difficult to process. But the first one is much more difficult to understand. We have a dear friend who passed out when she was 27. Tomorrow would have been her 32nd birthday. Her name is Jamie. And uh, five years ago, she passed. And man, it's, it's still difficult to understand. No, it was seven years ago. Wow. It's still difficult to understand. So she would have been 34. I still don't get that one. Because we value, longevity is something that we expect, we want. We want longevity in life, we want longevity in friendships, we want longevity in love, we want longevity in marriage, we want longevity in our careers. We want good things to last. So what is the secret? What's the secret to longevity? Have you thought about this? How can we invest our lives and spend our lives knowing that what we're connecting to is going to last, or at least making our best effort so that it'll, it'll last. Let me tell you, if, if we're going to last, if, if we're going to be in it for the long haul, if the things that we are engaging in are going to last, if, if we, 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 want, we want our lives to have longevity in any area, it's going to take more than motivation. Now, you might say, I need to be motivated. Yeah, motivation is important. Motivation keeps you going forward, but you're going to need more than that. You're going to need more than inspiration, right? We need to be inspired. It's important. Inspiration gives you new ideas. It opens up your outlook. It keeps you going, but you're going to need more than that. You're going to need more than recognition. You might say, if I'm going to last in this job or this relationship, I need some respect. You've got to show me some respect, right? There's got to be a level of, of uh, uh, mutual harmony that is needed in this process. But you're going to need more than that, even though respect is important. We want to be seen. We want to be valued. If our home life is going to last, or our relationship with our kids, our marriages, if our careers are going to last, if our mission is going to last, if your calling, what you were called to do on this earth, is going to last, it'll take true belonging. It's going to take true belonging for you to experience longevity because to experience longevity, we need to embrace belonging and the true sense of belonging. See, we have a problem in our culture with the definition of belonging. Defining belonging is 
has changed. The definition has changed. People's view of belonging has become less and less mutual and more and more one-sided. Belonging in the past years has, has become less and less about us and more and more about me. It's more and more about acceptance of all of my thoughts, all of my ideas, all of my perspectives. Me, not us, has become the center of belonging as of late. And what we have today is a skewed understanding of what belonging really means. For many, belonging means having a carte blanche. That possibility of, I, I just, whatever I do, you have to accept. Whatever I say has to be accepted. It has to be embraced. But that's not belonging. That's not belonging is. See, belonging is not indiscriminate, blind acceptance and approval. Belonging is not being part of a group or a context where everything you do, everything I do, is always supported, always accepted, always approved, all the time. That's not belonging. That's something else. It's like this. See, I, have, I have four kids. We've been busy. I have four kids, and uh, they're all different, every single one of them. I have uh, an 11-year-old, two 8-year-olds, and a 3-month-old. And the little one, uh, our newest one, he's already beginning to show and manifest some of his personalities a little bit of his mood, and we can tell already that he's going to be completely different from, uh, from his sisters. But my daughters, they're a little bit older, and they know they belong with us, okay? They know. They belong with our family. They are ours. I know they belong. They know they belong. They're, 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 they came from my wife, you know. My wife grew every single one of them inside her. I don't know if, I mean, you get too familiar with it, but think about it. Like, every single person you know grew inside of a woman. That's the value of women. They hold the next generation. There's no mankind without women. Every single one of us, we were inside of a woman growing. And my wife, she grew. <laughs> every single one of our kids. They were like so tiny. And then... They came big enough. Yeah. You know the process, right? You've seen it. So they have her blood. I mean, she really developed them. And they get my name. That's what they get. They get my name. But they have everything from her. And they have my genes too. But, you know, if it wasn't for her, they'd be gone. So... But here's my point. <laughs> there has been many situations when I did not support their actions. I didn't. I love them. They belong with me. But I did not accept what they did. I didn't approve what they did. I was not okay. And you might say, J.D., they're just kids. You should let them do whatever they want and approve. And, you know, <laughs> if you say that, you haven't had kids. <laughs> or been present around the kid. But I'll tell you this. 
I suffer the same, if not greater, amount of scrutiny from them. Because they don't approve everything I make them do. They don't accept everything, especially doing the dishes, unloading the dishwasher, walking the dog. They don't want to do that. But they have to because it's not my dog. It's their dog. They don't support having to clean the room whenever we tell them to, even though they do it and do it well. When, I, when we limit YouTube, they don't approve. And they definitely no, like, don't accept eating all the salads and veggies we make them eat. I know it's a tongue-in-cheek example, but my point is that belonging is not always about getting your way. It's not. True belonging is not about receiving constant approval no matter what. Now, whether you need to receive approval and whether you need to be accepted and the things need, that could be debated, but that's not belonging. So what is belonging? What is true belonging? True belonging is about bonding. It's about connecting. Listen to what Jesus said in verse uh, 1 of chapter 15, the book of John. He said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. This is a beautiful picture. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now this is a very interesting picture that Jesus paints. Very unusual because he's saying, listen, you are branches, I'm the vine. He could have painted any picture. He could have said, I'm the Lord and you're my servants. He didn't say that. He said, I'm the vine, you are the branches, and God is the vine dresser. Now, as I was prepping for this message, I came across this, this story. There is a, 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 a botanist in Syracuse, New York, and he was able to graft and put together a tree. It's called the, the 40 fruit, fruit tree. I don't know if you've heard about it, but I have a picture for you to see. Uh, look at this picture. This is a tree that bears 40 different kinds of fruit in one tree. So this is in the spring when the tree is uh, blooming, and you can see all different types of flowers and colors on different sections of the tree. Each different color represents a different kind of fruit and it's all from the plum family so you have different kinds of pears and nectarines and plums and peaches and there it is this is what it looks like when it's bearing fruit and each each one of those is different and the, the way that he was able to Put it together is through grafting. There was a time and a season and a moment that he, in the picture that Jesus paints, he would be the vine dresser, but he's the, the, the botanist that put these branches together to the vine, and he, he made sure that the connection was well done, and so there was a relationship between the two where the branch was able to produce the photosynthesis and what the tree needed from the branch and the branch was able also to receive from the vine the nutrients that it pulled from the root and so the true the tree is fruitful 
Jesus is painting this fascinating picture about you and me. And he's saying, listen, you are branches. Now you're different branches. You will produce the kind of fruit that you were meant to produce. The fruit that I produce in my life might not be the same kind of fruit that you produce in your life, but we are connected to the same vine. And he says, I am the vine. I'm what you need. And God, he is the vine dresser. In other words, it is the vine dresser's job. He is the one who ensures that the branch and the vine have a healthy connection. But this is not a one-way relationship. Jesus sets himself up as a vital part in our lives, a vital part in your life, but it's not a top-down, I am, you know, this militant, I am forcing you to do something, and or, you know, you're, you're supposed to be my minions, this kind of like top-down, militant, forced relationship. He's saying, listen, you need me for good nourishment. You are a branch. I am the vine. We belong with each other. Without me, you are a branch with no vine. You have no source, no connection. Without me, you are a loose branch. What, what does that mean? Without me, you have all the potential. You have all the possibility that you were designed to have, but there's no connection giving you nourishment so that you can see it through. I know what you need. I have what you need. I want to give you what you need. But I need you to do your part. This is a relationship. Your part is to abide in me. And as you abide in me, you belong. As you abide in me, you belong with me. And then you will begin to produce fruit, much fruit. Now, I want to produce much fruit. Do you want to produce much fruit? Yeah, we want to produce much fruit. And that's his promise. If you abide in me, you will produce much fruit. Jesus is saying good fruit comes from true belonging. Abiding is really what, takes, what it takes to belong. It is in, is in the staying, in the sharing, in the connection that you belong. Now, what actually happens when you abide? Think about it. What actually happens when you abide? Think about your home life. Some of you, you live alone now, but go back to a time when you used to live with other people in the same house. Some of you, you're married, you have families, you have kids. Let me ask you this, do you always get your way? Is it always about you? Do you always get to do whatever you want? Has it always been about you? No. Abiding means you are part of something bigger. You're part of a context. It's not just about you, but it's better that it's not just about you because you're not alone. You belong. And true belonging is always a two-way street. If you've ever been in a relationship with somebody where the relationship is one-sided, you know, that person always have to have their way. They are always right. It's always what they think. Don't elbow anybody okay it's always what they think it's it's man there's no way can that friendship survive can that relationship last can it ever feel like there's true belonging when when only one person sees 
uh, or that person never sees your way. Only one person has their way. They never consider you, never honor you. There's never a two-way. No, there's no way for that relationship to endure. Why? Because in a relationship like that, there's no room for you. There's no room for who you are. And that's what I mean when I say that, uh, 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 that uh, belonging is not about being accepted all the time because that's what happens. It's, it becomes only about you when, when you require that type of um, wrong understanding of belonging. True belonging is always a two-way street. See, that's why Jesus said a while back, I think it's chapter 3, he talks to Nicodemus, and there is a whole conversation, and Nicodemus is saying, how, how can it be that a person can be born again? And Jesus explained, listen, you have to understand that God so loved the world. God is not interested in, in judging the world and, and sending the world to demise. God loved the world so that the world could be saved through him. God wants to make a way for every single one of us to live the life that he has called us to live. It is not God's plan that you be condemned. It's not God's plan that our friends be condemned, but he wants us to have eternal life. That's God making the first move, inviting you into a relationship, giving you a, a, a benefit, right? Why? Because the vine dresser, that's God, he considers you. And so you can belong. But guess what? It takes trust to belong, doesn't it? We have to trust God because here's what Jesus is saying. The vine dresser, when you, when you make the decision to belong and to abide, what is the vine dresser going to do to you? He's going to prune you. He's going to tend to you. He's going to make sure that your life is optimal for fruit have you ever been pruned by god oh. have you ever been pruned been in the season of pruning where man it, it, sometimes it feels like god is just taking stuff away from you like relationships go wealth goes like you have things taken you have career i mean god i feel like you're i feel like you're punishing me or shortening my potential but you have to know that when God prunes you he's not doing that he's not shortening your potential he's not taking away from you he's not punishing you he it might seem like that at first but what God is doing is he's preparing you for longevity he wants you to last a long time he wants your life to produce much fruit for a long time so he will remove distractions he will remove idols. He will remove sin. He will remove future drama. Some of you are like, man, why did that person walk away? I'm like, I, I thought we were friends. I thought things were getting well. I mean, and then can you trust the vine dresser that he knows your future? And he knows that maybe that wasn't going to lead you in a good direction. If belonging takes abiding. God is looking out for you. And it takes being open to correction. 
It takes being open to transformation. It takes being open to change when you belong to God. And we know this. We know this because there are certain things that we engage in that we, we expect that. Like you don't go to college to stay the same, right? You don't go to school to take, stay the same. You don't take a course to stay the same. You engage in that course hoping to change, hoping to be transformed, hoping that you will become better, hoping that something will happen that will help you. You don't want to stay the same. You don't get married to stay the same. You shouldn't get married to stay the same. What do you hope? You hope that the, the dreams that you have, the ideas that you have, the vision that you have with this person that you love for the rest of your life, that you will be able to accomplish, grow, evolve, reach new things together. You want to grow to a common goal. So the same is true for church life, for life with a relationship with God. You don't join a church to stay the same. You don't pray to stay the same. No, you don't come to church on a Sunday morning to say, Lord, hope you're taking notes. Here's what I want. What I want you to do for me. And, and give God your directives so that he can do according to your will. No, it's the other way around, right? We want his will because we know that his will is better. We all want growth. We all want transformation. We all want a life that lasts. That's why you're here. That's why you're watching or listening. And that takes true belonging. And true belonging takes abiding. Listen to what Jesus said a little later in the same passage, verse 6. He says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, however, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done to you. This is what Jesus is saying. If you don't, you won't belong. But if you do abide, and you allow my life, my nourishment, my thoughts, my words, my ideas to transform the way you see the world, you will arrive at a kind of life you, you will receive a kind of mind where you will begin to pray and see what God sees. To your, your will will align with God's will. And your mind will align with God's mind. So those things will guide your prayer. And you'll begin to pray God's will. And when you pray God's will, Jesus is saying, when you, when you, when you achieve this level of maturity in your walk with the Lord and you begin to pray God's will, there's not a prayer that's not going to be answered. God will answer every prayer you pray. Wow. But it takes true belonging. It takes you belonging and abiding and allowing the vine dresser to do what it's needed in your life. So let me ask you this very gentle pastoral question to you. And if this is your first time, I'm sorry, come back. When was the last time God corrected you? When was the last time you allowed God to correct you and you humbled yourself to say, Lord, I'm going to do what you're asking me to do? Or do you only follow God when he closes every door and gives you no option? Because if that's it, 
that's not the way of the Lord, you always have an out with him. He's not a dictator. You always have an out with God. He always allows you a way out. That's the whole story of the garden. That was, that, that was the tree of good and evil. That's what that represents. With God, you always have a way out. But can you live in such a way where you choose the way of the vine dresser? And you say, Lord, I want to truly belong to you. And if belonging to you means that you need to correct me and change the way I think and change what I prioritize and change how I value my time and change how I spend my daily routine and change who I hang out with, this is my life. I am yours because I trust that you have my best interests at heart and that in your hands I can bear much fruit. Do you want to bear much fruit? Amen. Let me encourage you to do that. And I know, I know that if you choose true belonging today, if you choose to abide, choose to abide, if you choose to be transformed, God is going to take you places you've never dreamed of. Do you receive it this morning? Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you have a prayer request, a question about faith, or would like to find out more information on Connect Community, visit us at connectcommunity.org. Don't forget to subscribe and share. See you next time.